Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Midpoint Podcast here at Faith City Church. This week, we're looking back on our message on Sunday and and maybe a little bit the whole series because we ended our series under the sun, Discovering Your Eternal Impact. I'm happy to be here with Pastor Ben. And today, Pastor Ben is going to take the hosting talking stick, if you will, and be the one to host and lead the conversation today. So Ben, over to you. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Really excited to get to be the question asker this time so I can take Paul off guard a little bit, maybe throw a little curveball, although I did prime him a tiny bit. So uh, and I actually said, don't prime me because then you're going <laughs> to lose, lose the sort of authentic moment. But here we go. We'll see if Ben can stump me. All right. So looking at this last week, we talked about gentle engine thrust and momentum of the Holy Spirit and how a lot of the time we have to release. We talked about that in Miko the week before main engine cut off. Look at me. I listen in church sometimes. And once you do that, you have this gentle engine thrust that propels you and you can circle the earth for almost a month or something like that, which is pretty wild going 25,000 miles an hour or 40,000 kilometers per hour. I've lived in both America and Canada, so I appreciate hearing both. And when thinking about the momentum and the momentum of the Holy Spirit, do you have any examples or a specific example in your own life that you've really seen the momentum of the Holy Spirit carry you, maybe when you needed to rely on it or when you were, were looking and releasing yourself to God? Yeah, right now uh, is the <laughs> is the joke, right? But But really the truth. I think that there are so many areas in my life that I could grow and be more Christ-like. I think if we're all honest, it's probably true for all of us as we are more formed and more Christ-like, you know, there's always more to be done. Having said that, I think it is my reality that when I submitted myself to the call that the Lord had on my life to be in full-time ministry, I came to the end of myself pretty quickly, you know, came and encountered weaknesses pretty quickly. And I think that was part of the journey the Lord had for me, the wilderness journey that I was in as a young adult and different things. And so I have tried to live there because I feel like I'm the best version of myself when I am living there, when I'm in that place where I need that momentum. So concrete examples, though, I mean, I think literally this year, my good friend, Glenn, you know, we were working together here and then uh, him and Debbie just felt like it was time to shift gears and, and do something different. And we love Glenn and Debbie for their investment here at Face City Church. But then completely unexpectedly, you know, the invitation to pastor the church and a real sense in my heart of peace about saying yes to that. And then that process worked out, seemed good to the church and the Holy Spirit. And, and here I am. But that is like at a macro level, a really recent example of being carried by that momentum. Because within me, I, you know, like I'm confident in my abilities, but pastoring a church and like doing all these things in my own strength, that it would be impossible. Like it would be impossible. So, so that's like a high level example. But then I think the more important ones to an extent are the day to day situations we encounter in life where that momentum of the spirit can carry us to exhibit the fruit of the spirit. Mm. You know, in our Pentecostal churches, and I am a Pentecostal at heart and I believe in the charismata of the spirit. And I love to be in those moments that we're trying to cultivate more and more where, where God's presence is like tangible and we feel his affirmation and just there's all kinds of amazing work that God can do in those moments. Yet the fruit of the spirit is critical to our witness in the world. 
mm. and the day to day life. So the moments where I maybe should be running at a patience with, I don't know, my kids or never with staff, but in different <laughs> situations, but where that's just not there or even with myself. You know, we hear often about being kind to ourselves. You know, it's a bit of a pop psychology thing, but there is an element of the scripture that really Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, kind of the implication there is that the degree to which you can love your neighbor is how much you actually care and love for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so having that fruit of the spirit, I can like point out different times this week, even where there was just a little bit too much that got unexpectedly stacked on the schedule, for example. But I was able to to work through all of that, not because of me, but because of the strength of the Lord. So I think that there are big examples and those big moments in life. But I think really the more important ones are the day-to-day moments and minutes where that momentum carries us. Yeah, nice. And I had a a thought maybe correlative a little bit to last week when we talked about Isaiah listening to the still small voice and knowing when to, I, I don't know if when to is the right word, maybe knowing the timings that we need to withdraw for the gentle engine thrust moments. Do you have any distinct, a singular example, and you might not, of that still small voice in a time where the momentum was going and you had to retreat to continue that momentum in the month around the earth. Well, I think that, you know, Ben runs for those of you that don't know, and, (laughs) and, uh, he's quite the runner, like runs to church, like in terms of, uh, work, his commute is often running. And I think, though I'm not sure, because I don't run regularly or not at yet. all. Not yet, everyone. But, and I haven't. Like, you know, I've done other things previously, but I haven't run. But I, one of the things about, like, hydrating oneself, like, in the like in the marathon setting or in the long distance setting, if I understand right, it needs to be something that's kind of like, I'm going to use the word non-invasive or maybe not, like, doesn't interrupt the flow of running, right? And I don't get how that all works. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit, but the idea of not breaking up your momentum, right? You know, becomes important there. Another example uh, I've heard of before is sailing and like races when sailing, Hmm. like anything that gets onto the the vessel. I don't know this because I sail (laughs) at all because I don't. I mean, I like to sit on the boat, but I don't know anything about sailing and I'd be completely useless trying to help somebody (laughs) sail. Um, Yeah, that just wouldn't be good. But but I've heard this said that anything that gets attached to the sailboat at all, like kelp or like seaweed even, you know, barnacles for sure or whatever, but those are like removed beforehand. But anything creates a little bit of drag. Mm Mm-hmm. And so how that's removed and done is so important because like picking all that up contributes to the momentum. So my point is, whether it's removing the kelp or the seaweed or whatever, or it's hydrating oneself, you know, just trying to keep yourself going. The important thing is that it doesn't interrupt the momentum of what you're trying to do. Now, here's where the lie comes in. Mm. And this is where it's interesting is that Jesus literally removes himself. And according to our sort of understanding our, maybe our earthbound, we use that term a lot during the series, our earthbound ideas, like pulling yourself out of a movement, for example, like doesn't make sense. Like, you know, you, we think of movement sometimes, I think the, you know, we can think of them in political terms often. And even here in Canada, we often are watching the politics of the U.S. And so, you know, you can think of a recent presidential campaign. I mean, I, I think back more to like 2008 when President Obama was elected. It was very much a movement that, and it was like beautiful to see people coming together. And I think it's always amazing to see people exercising their their uh, right to vote and democracy. But 
if President Obama just like left the campaign trail for a week, everybody would be like, "What is going on?" And and those people, I'm a bit of an He's armchair, dying. right? <laughs> I'm a bit of an armchair politician. Like you, would, that's just not conventional wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so Christ, like leading this movement to withdraw himself to go and be with the Father, even if it's at night, even if it's just for a day, even if it's just pulling himself away from the crowds for a little time. It's like, really? Like, but that's where we come back into the economy of God is always backwards, right? So it's lose your life to save it. So in this sense, to maintain momentum, we do need to pull away to find those moments. And I think that we each need to do the work of finding what it is for us. So Elijah listening to the still small voice, as I said in the message, sometimes gets preached as it's the still small voice. God is always in the still small always. voice. But that word always, <laughs> right? That word always causes us problems. Yeah. Yep. And for our church, we believe very strongly in First Peter's idea of the priesthood of the saints And so what that means is this all needs to be contextualized to your life and mine. So it could be the fire for you this week that God's in. Mm -hmm. could be the earthquake because, man, life is crazy, but that's where God wants you right now. And he's with you and it's okay. Or it could be a very restorative, super chill vibe this week where, you know, you are seeing the Lord in that still small voice, like as you sit by wherever and read your Bible, like we need to contextualize it. And so your question was... For me, like the concrete example. Yeah, and, you have a specific. Yeah, for sure. I can think back to, oh, there's one that just, you know, stands out a great deal. When I first was cognizant of the infilling of the spirit, like that baptism in the Holy Spirit experience, it was really not remarkable for me, mm. except when I look back on it. And it was hearing the Lord speak to me, inviting me to do something, like to take an action, which I did follow through. And then things happen exactly the way, like mm. he had said that, you know, they would. Now, that doesn't happen all the time. And it's not about fortune telling. It was about this trust relationship being built. But it was the Holy Spirit in my life that allowed me to hear the Lord that way. And so, I mean, I could, if we had time, talk about the specifics of that, but a standout moment in my life. And then that's happened many, many times, you know, um, just that sense of God's spirit speaking. You heard it here first, Pastor Paul, eight times a day. Here's directly from God. Uh, Not true. I don't think maybe on a good day, but I joke. But in reality is like sometimes maintaining the momentum is rediscovering God speaking to us a little bit. We're like caught up in what God's told us to do and we're going out and doing it. And then we're like, oh, where am I at now? Or like, I did this thing. Do you find that that is how it could transpire for people is a lot of the time there are pockets and seasons where you hear in the still small voice or in the fire. And then there's seasons where you're connecting with God and it's less about the hearing and more about the doing. Is that kind of a a rhythm that you can see? It seems to me that one of the aspects of our shared humanity is that we are doers. Even, even if we might be like, Oh man, this friend of mine, so lazy or this sibling. (laughs) But at the very, like within our, within the core, I think of humanity, it just seems to me that we, we want to be productive on some level. Now, maybe we learn not to be, and then we just live in that kind of place of not being productive. But I think there is something to that. And so then the danger becomes the satisfaction that can come from producing Hmm. can keep us from evaluating the quality of what we're producing or the intention behind what we're producing. And what we're producing could be anything. Like it can be the, like you said, 
doing the things that God has asked us to do and we're doing them, we're doing them, we're doing them. But we get so into the doing and we feel justified then by the doing and mm. the doing is bringing all this stuff to us. But where are we crossing the line beyond what James said? Faith without works is dead. Where do we cross that line to just being works oriented? Yeah. I think that that is a real important question for us to be asking just as, you know, people individually, which is, is the main focus of our podcast, just hanging with our church today. But then for us as a staff and church leaders, we can be led astray by good business practice, good leadership principles that we should be implementing. Yep. Right. We have a responsibility to do that. The challenge is those things will bring about good change. And then if we correlate that too strongly with, okay, that's how we attain what God is asking us to, that doesn't take into account the backwards economy of God. Hmm. And so I think, you know, your question is an important one. And I think we need to be asking it and always sort of trying to discern, are we in balance, which isn't necessarily a 50-50 mix, right. but are we in balance with where the Lord wants us to be at this given you know moment in time? And so it makes it a simple question, not easy. And it isn't easy. I think there are times where we are in more of a work mode and more like boom, 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 getting stuff done, crossing things off the to-do list. But then there are really, and I would maybe say not even equally important, but almost more important moments of not that at all. And God really speaking to us about what the things on the list should be. Yeah. Yeah. Digging in and how to order them, how to prioritize them. And that is the more important end of things, I think. Yeah. And we've been talking about calling specifically. And I think this dovetails really well into that calling is a lot of the time we think it needs to be this giant plan for our life. But sometimes it's discerning these items or this these tasks. I don't want to call them tasks even. Just the way that God has called us to operate in the world and discerning those. And sometimes that does really take retreating heavily mm. to make sure that we catch the right momentum. I know it's talking a little ethereally today, no, but, but, but catching the momentum of what God wants for our life, but also not putting this pressure that like, oh, if I don't get this exact thing right and I don't know the overarching calling of my whole life and I have this specific stamp on my life like some of the people in the Bible, then I'm not fulfilling God's call. And I think that that's a danger as well. It is a danger. And I think that's where the series that we've just come through is important for all of us because we are all meant to come out from under the sun mm -hmm. and we're all meant to, as followers of Christ, not only be led by that earthbound understanding, but both Proverbs, which might be more the earthbound practical wisdom yeah. and the stuff that's not earthbound and like to use your word ethereal or more philosophical or more existential, but like the meaning of life stuff. But here's the thing I think that would help all of us is that we're all called and we are all called to share the gospel. So we're all yeah. called to this great commission, which is the context for the series that we just worked through. Mm -hmm. And really it's the context for everything that we do at Faith City Church. We want it to be. Yeah. Ultimately, we are here to help as many people make a connection with Christ as possible. And at the very least, create as many opportunities for them to make a decision as possible. Yeah. So if that's the thing that we're all called to, I feel like it could take a little bit of the pressure of the discerning off. Like then the next bit of discernment is around, okay, so what am I uniquely gifted? What do I want? Quote unquote, yeah. what are my interests or yeah. what am I called to do specifically? You know, we can put all those different terms on it, but really what we're saying is who's God made me to be. Yeah. I think that that idea could actually help to demystify 
this whole process. Yep. Because the overarching call to the whole church, to everybody, to all of us as individuals is the same. But then we're all uniquely designed and gifted Mm -hmm. to do certain things, you know. And I think the saddest thing sometimes I see as a pastor is somebody who might be, you know, super gifted to be hospitable. And that, you know, that's a churchy term. It's a biblical term. And we identify it as a spiritual gift. And it is all those things. But maybe that expresses it in someone's life because they own a cafe and they run it. And they're really talented with running that business and baking and cooking and all those sorts of things. Very creative. Yet when it comes to their connection with the church, we have them hosting, right? Mm. Or maybe they'd be kind of good at that. Or we have them at the sound booth or or whatever. And what I would hope will happen for everyone who follows Christ is that there is alignment with... With what they do every day and and how they serve in the church. And now, not that, I mean, for some people, they love it because they, you know, do this one thing in their career and they love doing that or they enjoy it. And then they, you know, sing. Totally different. Yeah. And involved in the arts. And that's a, and that's great. But just that it, it is aligned with who they are. And that can be yeah. aligned with who they are. It doesn't mean that you have to do the exact same thing. But I think what is sad to me is what when people are feel like relegated or forced into, or this is the only way I can be involved. No, 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 no. Here at Face City Church, we want to get to yes with everybody. Mm-hmm. So if someone has an idea that, you know, doesn't fit into the regular paradigm of ministry, hey, we may not be able to flip a switch tomorrow and do it, but we want to try and figure out how do we get to yes? How does that fit with yeah. what we're trying to do? Yeah. Nice. No, I love that. And as we wrap up, is there anything overarchingly about the series that you want to make sure is conveyed to our congregation or whoever is listening? And I also do have a uh, a tangible take home, uh, not a challenge, but like something for people to try as far as assessing specifically God speaking in each and every day. So, well, I'm looking forward to the take home that Ben has. I think for the series, two things I would say. One is like a bit of a generic answer, but I think it's really important. I think the most important thing that people could take away from the series is whatever the Holy Spirit has really spoken to people at some point in the series. Maybe there's one message that there was just something that God just dropped into your heart more than anything that I said or that was taught or even sung those Sundays or whatever. Just lock in on that and and really own that and pursue the Lord with whatever that message was. However, I think there's two things. One is something that we didn't talk about at all, but maybe was implied passively, is that God is like enormous and space Mm -hmm. is like so wonder inspiring. And so just the imagery of this series is actually important to the discussion. Um, There are infinite possibilities with God. So Abraham, come out of the tent. You know, Paul isn't the only one that uses the language of the tent. In fact, in 1 Peter 1, he also talks about being relegated to the tent of the flesh and one day we'll be set free from it. So this idea of we are spiritual beings, we have an eternal destiny and there's an opportunity to impact eternity, I think is critical. The second thing is, and I think this maybe is the more practical, like, takeaway from all of it, is God doesn't leave us to our own devices to, like, Mm. get this stuff done. You know, at every point in Abraham's journey and the other characters that we looked at, God was there empowering them to get it done. Yeah. And we feel, I think at times we come and talk to God and then we got to go do it on our own. And how am I going to do all this? Yeah. No, it's meant Re-enter to enter the struggle of, of humanity while God speaks to me next month. Yeah. And then run back to God <laughs> and like, you know, have an experience. And then you run into, and, and I think that again, it wasn't explicitly mentioned, but maybe it's more of a passively in the mix of things, but an important message is 
that he's with us through this whole journey. So whether it's at the liftoff stage or, you know, escape velocity and attaining it or Miko and the fear of like shutting it all down or then actually that um, orbital space flight, which FYI wasn't really meant to be the title of the message, <laughs> kind of ended up being sometimes things kind of just a little bit of a backstory that's totally random. doesn't matter. But I often, <laughs> I often use like placeholders when I'm writing or like sermonizing or working. And so I had orbital space flight as the placeholder for the message and the staff here who are amazing and always on the ball. I didn't update it. And so the title became Orbital Space Flight, and it was meant to be something different. I don't know what it would have been, but that's just a little little funny, funny thing. But yeah, Ben, so for you, though, then, you listened to all the messages. For you, in summation, like, what do you feel were, like, the main take-home or the main take-homes for you out of the series? Oh, wow. I think one of the – this is more looking at the series as a whole – is one of the areas – that I'm super passionate about is helping people find their call. And I think that that word gets thrown around too much. If you've been to youth camp, you feel like you have to be a pastor maybe or something like that. But the reality is, is that every person has this uniform call in the church to win souls over for Christ and to be discipled and to help people more disciple in their relationship with God. That's the wrong way to word it. But so when thinking about that and thinking about my own life, I think the momentum that we were talking about actually in reflection, I think is going to have the most lasting impact because I think getting up, not that I'm, I have not arrived constantly being formed, constantly failing, but thinking about what we were talking about earlier, that like ebb and flow of doing and listening, but also knowing that they're one and they're integrated. And some of my best times of listening have been through the doing and reflecting on that and seeing that God was there in the day, but not thinking it until a week later. And so I think catching the momentum and the Miko message maybe actually is a little bit of the start of that, where it was even more of a hit for me was thinking about, oh, like, when do I have to cut off and to let God work. Because I think a lot of the time we can just want to be all thrusters go, but how can we start to release and to catch that wave that God's working on in each and every one of our lives? And there's going to be rough moments and moments where it feels turbulent. I don't know. I'm not, I know way less about space than Paul here, but. So that means our combined knowledge is like, is nothing really. So. Yeah. Well, what's what's really interesting about that, and then I know we got to wrap up, but is the Miko message is really the for myself personally the big one, mm. and I think part of it being the big one is it's so counterintuitive, is that you got to just like shut everything down, and I don't have like the the information in front of me to know exactly, so folks could Google it or do a little bit of research, but is that if I remember rightly, you continue to accelerate, like you, there's no slowing down. Like you're going so fast to be in orbit, right? So it's like this, oh, we shut the engines down. And so you know, you talk about the message, it's like, oh, in God's presence, which is true. And it, there is stillness in a way because it's it, it's it has a sense maybe of peacefulness, even in talking about it. Mm. I don't know what it's like as astronauts to experience it. I, I see what it's depicted as in the movies. So it is like all of a sudden quiet and everything, but you're going at extremely fast speed. And so it kind of comes back to the losing your life to save it. Shouldn't make sense, but God's actually getting to where you need to be and like orbit and doing what you need to do. But all the while you're just like in the zone of like his presence and his, 
his stillness and his peacefulness, which doesn't mean stuff isn't happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, that, totally. that's the thing, especially in this relationship and the reality of the spirit realm and that God exists and there are other things happening that we don't see. We buy into this earthbound understanding that it's just the here and now. Mm-hmm. You and me here talking. But what about what's like taking place where God is right now? And what about what's taking place in the heavenlies? And I don't understand it all. But the Bible clearly talks about all that. So I think that there are things happening that we don't understand. Yeah. Or don't really fully understand. And... And that is where all of this kind of momentum stuff comes into play. But yeah, the take home, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think it fits really well into this discussion is like when we release ourselves to Jesus, we're constantly in momentum and being led by him. And he's a part of our everyday life. And a lot of the time we get caught up in the things of the day and don't think about that. And so the takeaway is a very tangible one. It's a podcast if you want to look it up, but it's a, it's a traditional, I think it started as a Jesuit prayer practice. It's called The Examine. And if you look at it, type in The Examine on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, I'm sure you'll find it. Father, someone Martin, I can't remember his first name, but he leads it. It might feel cheesy at first when you go to do it because he reads a little scripture, gives a little thought, and then he just helps you. And you can just start by listening to it and then write down the steps and then just look back at your day. But he says... Hey, where was God in your morning? Where was God around lunchtime? Where was God in your afternoon? Where was God in the evening? Where might you have missed something with God in the day or or maybe fallen short that you feel like you want to give over to God? And then you just spend a little time in quiet prayer at the end. And I've done it for several weeks at a time previously. And I don't know why I don't do it more often because there's something amazing about actually spending, it's 10 or 15 minutes, a few minutes at the end of your day to reflect on the day, to be like, oh, I think God was working here. Oh, this is a huge moment of Thanksgiving and I know God was working. Like, for instance, for me yesterday, I got a pass on my Nova Scotia motor vehicle inspection and I had a rejected sticker and I did the brakes and it felt awesome. I I did not. I was praying while I was in the lobby to go get it inspected and reflecting on the day. That was a huge victory. And I was so thankful that that burden was lifted. Even this morning, I was celebrating it. So it can be something as small as that can be something even smaller, or it could be really big things that we miss sometimes as busy, productive individuals in society where God is really speaking and working in the day and we are going 40,000 kilometers per hour. So yeah. So the take home is go and do the examine a few times this week, even give it a try or just write down Hey, where was God in my day? And think through the process of your day. Super, super idea to help build our practice of faith and respond to finding our eternal impact and how we can how we can discover it. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. And we want you to be in touch with us. We'd love your feedback on the podcast. You can reach out by email office at faithhalifax.org. You can ask questions. You can ask, you can send us prayer requests. The other option as well is to text us. And we'd love for you to do that. You can write this number down 844-409-5393. 844-409-5393. Just save it in your phone as Faith City Church. And you can text us anything, actually. If you have a, a question, a prayer request, want to get involved, you can just pop us a message there or have feedback about the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So it's 844-409-5393. Please be in touch and uh, we'll be back here with you next week. 